So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit, you have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you gotta compete. Welcome to Thin Air. Uh, what's going on, everybody? It's the FNBA podcast. Uh, I am Kamish. We also have Arch in the line. How you doing, Arch? I'm good. I'm, I'm amped up. It was a big week for the Air Force Academy in the social media world, so we got lots to talk All right, about. Well, not Do to we? cut you off, but uh, I'm going to give what the people what they want right now. Uh, uh, part one, laying plans. Sun Tzu said, the art of war is of vital importance to the state. Two, it's a matter of life and death, a road either to safety or to ruin. Hence, it is a subject of inquiry which can on no account be neglected. The art of war, then, is governed by five constant factors to be taken into account one's deliberations when seeking to determine the conditions of obtaining the field. These are, one, the moral law, two, heaven three earth the commander is four five method and discipline all right that's all you're getting uh there's a lot more but i pitbulled us today yeah and that was more that was more reading commission has done right now than he did at the academy during all four years so oh yeah 100 percent um what is funny too, so when I say Pitbull, basically what happened if you didn't hear about it is a few years ago Pitbull put out a contest in partnership with Walmart and said that he would go and play a concert at any Walmart that got the most votes. And so people on some website all joined together and told everyone to vote to send him to Alaska. So he, the votes came in and he went to Kodiak, Alaska and did a show. That's basically what happened today. I did say I would read Sun Tzu for an hour, but dude, that is not going to happen. So I saw, yeah. I'm sorry about that, but I, so, I hope so, that's like a solid compromise. And the background is that um, Kamish posted on the Instagram story, basically like, hey, DM us what you want us to talk about on today's podcast. Otherwise, I'm going to read Sun Tzu for an hour as a threat. And uh, let's just say the vast majority of people preferred Sun Tzu. So I don't know what that says about our podcast, but... At least we gave mm-hmm. them a taste of what they wanted. Yeah, I also, one thing I learned about Sun Tzu, I didn't know he was like 2000, he's from like 500 BC. And I was thinking about it, and first of all, I was like, if I have to pay for this, because I wanted to read it word for word, if I have to pay for this, and someone's getting, like, who would be getting the royalties? Some guy who's dead for 2,500 years, more than that. And so that would have really made me mad. But yeah, it's completely open source, so you can go read it. Um, that I mean, that made absolutely no sense to me, but it's kind of crazy how I guess that all that stuff still kind of fits. Maybe we'll do little but. pieces of Sun Tzu every day, or every podcast from here on out. And uh, it might take us, I don't know, 45 years of podcasting to get through the whole thing, but it's yeah. That was about all the attention span I had for reading that, but... It was good. We got through it. Did you get it? Did you? Were you able to comprehend anything that came out of that? No, I actually think you stumbled 
you like fumbled through your words a few times. I don't think you did either. No, I didn't. I think what that part is, it's just just a little intro, just a little taste of what they're talking about. There's actually, uh, it's also annotated on this website that I'm reading. And so he's talking about, they, they tell you what everything means. But uh, basically, yeah, I think that's just the intro, letting them know that, you know, this is going to be a fire mixtape. So just wait on it. <laughs> just got to give them a taste. That's pretty much what I got out of it. Yeah, so like you said, though, before I went into my reading, big week in social media for us, um, and not just for us, but for Yusafa in general, the first thing was Texas Tech and Virginia squared off in the national championship for basketball, uh, great finish, UVA obviously ended up winning, but there was a player on Texas Tech uh, named Matt Mooney, who originally started out at the Air Force Academy. He did go through the prep school, so kind of remember that And when we tell the story here. But um, you put up a little post, and see, I, don't, I almost wanted to say we, because I didn't want to make a separation, because I wanted you to know that I stand in solidarity um, and approval of you putting it up. But you put up a post that just said, it was so lighthearted and innocuous, Everything that we do is satire and a joke. Basically, the only things we don't joke about is uh, when somebody needs our help or if somebody passes away or something like that. That's literally it. Or if we're congratulating someone. Or Air Force football. Everything else is... Yeah. For the most part, everything else is a joke. And that's all that was. And so, do you want to go in a little bit more about the article and kind of his path? Yeah, so, long story short, and I'm probably going to make it a long story long, but... I posted a joke, as we talked about, that said... Someone... Well, tell, tell who he is first. Yeah, so, okay, that. Matt Mooney, um, I believe he played at the Academy as freshman year, which I think was 2014 to 15. Um, he played at the prep school the year before that. He was a pretty good player for all things considered. Um, being a freshman, he averaged about seven points a game uh, for a Division One school in the Mountain West, so pretty good. And uh, he left the Academy... He proceeded to play a few years at, I don't even remember, North Dakota, maybe North Dakota State. Um, let's see, South Dakota, same thing. So he, he, he played uh, about two years at South Dakota, did very well there, averaged about 20 points, and then uh, for his last year of eligibility, transferred to Texas Tech, which is where he played this year. And as we all know, they made the national championship. Um, he was a big contributing player, so obviously his name was kind of out there and uh, getting a lot of attention for it. So kind of doing some research. Uh, to be fair, I was just sitting there watching a game like anybody else. They start mentioning that his only Division One offer was to Air Force, and that's where he went. And so I did a little bit of research, and we've said this a million times. We aren't uh, big investigating guys. We just kind of read headlines, and we shoot from the hip off of it. So, so um, that being said... I Googled Matt Mooney Air Force. I just was like curious to be, see what his statistics were. And then all these memories start flooding back to me remembering seeing this article and hearing about it when it happened real time back in 2015. Um, and so if you do some research on the article, basically I posted a few Instagram stories. The first one said something along the lines of, you know, don't let Texas Tech's uh, championship run distract you from the fact that one of their players was too soft to make it through the academy. I think it's very clear that a little, that we're kind of joking around there. It's not like we're taking shots. 
and and then I posted a picture of basically an article of Matt Mooney currently, and then the article uh, from our favorite publication, the Colorado Springs Gazette, that says uh, this is basketball player Matt Mooney. Uh, wait, oh, I'm on the wrong article. <laughs> this is real time. I folks. mean, regardless, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll clean it up for you. So basically, the article said that. He claims that he left Air Force because he was being bullied. And, and that was the, the Chicago Tribune. Was that so that was the Chicago Tribune. Chicago Tribune, a big, like a big publication. And so he went to the media and said that he was being bullied. And his example that he gave was something from four-degree training. He said he was running on the strips and he wasn't fa- running fast enough. So an upperclassman dropped him and made him do push-ups. Now... There's just, and and so that, we put that up, and then we got a bunch of responses mixed. A lot of people said, just laughed at it, which was the intent. It was supposed to be funny. And then we had a lot of responses of people getting mad. And now, in all fairness, I'm not, we're not going to name any names here, but it was a lot of people who knew him personally, and a lot of people who went to the prep school with him, and people who played basketball with him. And so first and foremost, from that example, or from that instance, we don't know him. We were not, we had nothing to do with him. We were, he came after us, all that kind of stuff. So we had nothing to do with, with him. We're, we didn't call him anything about his character or say anything, uh, that he's a bad person because he's most likely not. We don't know him at all. Um, and that's not what, that's not what the post was about. There's, we've also said before, there's absolutely nothing wrong with leaving Air Force. It's the simple fact that he went and ran to the media and gave them kind of a soundbite of something that happened, and it's going to be interpreted by a bunch of people, and it's going to be read by a bunch of people who don't know anything about the Air Force Academy. Yeah. They don't know any. They don't understand how training works, and so that sounds like a really barbaric thing to do. Imagine hearing that if you had no background in the academy. Oh, you're just trying to run to class, and someone just stops you and makes you do push-ups. Why were you? Why did you have to run in the first place? Well. And that that was really just what we took issue. And it, it, he didn't have to say anything about it. And and then what really blew my mind, and this was the thing that pissed me off a little bit, was how people were saying he's a great representation of the academy. That was that was the one thing that I really took issue with because no, he's not. All he had to say to the media is, I had a I had a good experience at the Air Force Academy. The military life wasn't for me. And the other thing was that they kind of angled it as if he had as if he was just thrown into this world in this environment not the case he went to the prep school and had an entire semester under his belt and i was a preppy myself and i gotta tell you the prep school in a lot of ways was kind of worse when it comes to the stuff that they would make you do in form in terms of like punishment restrictions and things yeah and it just came came across as if like it was special treatment only directed at him for having to do that stuff when I highly doubt that upperclassmen in that instance pinpointed Matt Mooney and made him do push-ups. It's like, it was just part of being a freshman. And it, like you said, it mm-hmm. came across as if like this was, you know, improper behavior when that's what you signed up for. And that's what you knew going into it. And just like you said, nobody cares if you leave. We, we don't take offense to it. There's a lot of people that should not be at the Academy but it's the way you leave. It's just, you say, you know what? It wasn't for me. I respect what the military does. Even if you don't respect it, just don't say anything. Say it just wasn't for me. And, yeah. and you walk out the door. But to have, saying it's bullying, um, to go through normal freshman operations, it's like, it's, it just makes the whole thing look bad. So, 
Yeah. So that's it. I mean, nothing, nothing against him. I mean, congratulations to him on his run. That was another thing we said is people were saying that he was, he left to go chase his dream. And you know what? And if he achieved it, that is awesome. That is so cool. Uh, but I don't know. Just, just the way, the way that people were kind of coming at us over it, it was, it just seemed off. So I think the thing is, is just take a step back and look at it objectively, you know, not from the fact that, you know, the, the nuances of going to the Academy or that, you know, him as a person, we can only judge him based on, you know, what he says to the media. And that is what the rest of the American people are going to think when they read the article or when they watch him, uh, you know, play on TV. So that's really all there is to yeah. say about and in that. that same light, in that, in that same light, doing some real time research. Again, we uh, don't exactly dig too deep is the color. The, the Gazette actually posted uh, about two years ago. Again, we're headlines, guys. And the headline reads, basketball player Matt Mooney regrets bullying comments, but not decision to leave Air Force. So it looks like even him doing a little bit of self-reflection realizes that, hey, you know what? It wasn't bullying. And again, there's no reason for him. It wasn't for him. Obviously, he made a good decision in terms of his goals to make, you know, the national championship in in NCAA basketball. But it looks like he even maybe did a little bit of self-reflection and realized that, what he said probably wasn't wasn't the right way to go about doing it. Yeah, and I mean, and he's young, dude. He was probably exactly. what, like eighteen, nineteen. Exactly. So. Yep. And you don't. I mean, you just don't realize you can't the impact knock... of what you're of what you say at that age, and, and maybe coming from the Air Force environment. So. Right, and you can't knock us where our entire shtick is to like use satire and jokes to poke fun at a little bit of air force fame that we get during the biggest sporting event that night like what else are we supposed to do is pretend like nothing happened yeah exactly i i, I guess we could but <laughs> yeah but we're not gonna do that that's not what we're here for um all right so we'll move on from that so we also and one thing that we promise is that if you send us a topic we'll mention it whether we spend a half a second on it or a long time on it obviously if it's a, a ridiculous topic then we're not going to but uh there were some people who sent us some some interesting stuff. So we got one submission, and it was from a current cadet who had a 1992 graduate, Kimberly Tebrug. Tebrug. I don't want to. I don't know the pronunciation of her name, but I guess she came in and was talking about brands. And we got sent a picture of a slideshow from a PowerPoint, and uh, pretty pretty insightful stuff. And uh, he was kind of asking our opinion about what we think about the USAFA brand. And so just to run through kind of what it says, uh, it goes over like the reason for being. And I think this is, and I don't have a background in marketing. I don't have a background in brand growth other than us selling shirts with stuff that says good job dually and a glass of beer um, that you can buy at fastneatbelowaverage.com. But at fastneatbelowavg.com. Exactly. So our reason for being is what she talked about, and it gives the mission statement of the Academy to develop leaders of character and service to the United States. That's great. That's the stated mission. Uh, what are we committed to? And the three pillars that she kind of listed were developing servant leaders, uh, weaponizing intellect, and breaking boundaries. Uh, why we do it, or what does it say? Oh, no, we are. Uh, wingmen, purposeful and nonlinear, and the thing that we deliver is the future of modern warfare. So we didn't, we weren't able to hear anything else besides this, but we can kind of comment on exactly what she had on the slide. 
And so the first thing, if we go, if we just kind of take a step back and look at it big picture, what I think uh, the USAFA brand is, and maybe kind of the Air Force as a whole, is it is a brand when it comes to that marketing edge, but at, at first and foremost, there's a mission, and it's a very, very serious mission, and that is preparing people to go be in the military and, and go potentially fight in wars. And so... Um, I think that all those taglines are kind of good things to think about and to focus on when you're already in the mix. But in terms of a brand, when you're trying to, to me, what a brand is, is you're using your name and you're using whatever concepts you put out there to try to bring people into the fold and bring people in and make it appealing and come off in a way that, uh, that people who are on the outside are able to really digest and, and kind of synthesize. And so one of the most interesting parts, um, our reason to, the, to develop leaders of character, I, I mean, I think that's fairly obvious. Um, but I think at the same time, it's developing leaders of character, but it's also like kind of cyclical because, uh, see, now I'm, I'm kind of going back and thinking, because I was going to say, you're at the same time, you are also trying to do things like uh, you know, make money through the, the sports programs and, and bring people in. And we use a lot of that as kind of recruiting tools. But that all goes back to the athletics are used for the athletics and clubs and, and outreach are all used to make leaders of character. So I think that one fits really well. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, and I think, I think the academy has produces a – a, if it's a thousand people, I think there's, you know, a good kind of different grouping within that thousand people that you're going to get, <clears throat> not only from the academic kids, but from the athletes and everything kind of mixed together. So we've talked about it before where, you know, some people have the ridiculous opinion of getting rid of all sports going to the academy, right? And I understand some of the background behind it. You can see it as a waste of money. You can see it as a distraction, et cetera, et cetera. But I think most people, most well-rounded people are going to agree that you wouldn't want a institution to produce yeah. officers all of the same mindset. You know, it's like you, you need the people who didn't go there to be in the military, who went there because they thought that they just wanted to play a Division One sport. And guess what? A lot of them end up being great officers they end up being fighter pilots and all that good stuff so it's like you need the people that are super gung-ho air force and it's all they wanted to do their whole lives and you need the people that were like well i don't have offers anywhere else i'm gonna go here for football and then they end up fitting in perfectly and being that well-rounded kind of uh with that well-rounded officer that we're looking for so i think the the brand needs to be not only military oriented but also the entire package for athletics and social stuff and all that stuff so yeah and i think that that she covered that probably i would imagine is what she was getting at in her thing about breaking boundaries and it's breaking down that concept of what does it mean to be in the military does it mean because quite frankly when i was in high school i mean and i don't know if you remember the kids who when they were like sophomores they already said i'm not going to college i'm going in the military right away and i think the draw for them was kind of the marines that sort of thing. And I, when I was around them, I was kind of like, this is not something that I would want to do. Um, I mean, my dad was in the military, but I, I thought this isn't something that I would want to do because I just don't have that, that general interest. 
And so breaking boundaries and finding finding ways to take a person and use their talents and what they're able to do and make them into, uh, you know, military material is what it's all about. And also, I mean, just think about what, what's one of the most famous quotes from, from West Point. I forget exactly what it is. Uh, not shouting out West Point, but I guess this was before the Air, the Air Force era. Uh, it was something like, I need some, I need a man for a, a secret and dangerous mission. I need a West Point football player. And so that's really what it goes to. Like you said, I mean, look at Chad Hennings. Um, I don't know exactly what his schedule was like at the academy, but he was a football player and he was a very good one. Um, and ultimately he went and served in the Gulf War. He flew A-10s and then he went out and won multiple Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. And so it's kind of like, well, could you say that he would have had the lessons that he learned and the the innate lessons that he learned, the things that aren't necessarily expressed, but um, the intuition that he gained from playing football and spending that time down in the gym, spending that time in the film and all that stuff, who's to say that that isn't just as, if not more valuable than if he were to spend it, you know, doing ESET training or something like that. And so that's something right. I think about. But also, um, I just think the thing that we can kind of talk about when it comes to branding is the way that you actually make yourself appear to the outside. I mean, I, everything that we just kind of set up to this point is mostly just conjecture based on our experiences. But, uh, in terms of branding, like the way that you grow, like the things that the Air Force Academy is doing, um, I think it's like look at the commercials and the sponsors that we kind of work with. Like the the big push recently has been, it has been, uh, I can go to the Air Force Academy, I can do anything. And um, I think that that's the point because so many people think, oh, we just come here to be pilots, that kind of thing. And they've also, this was a big Air Force thing, and the commercial was brutally painful of a guy who did costume cosplay. He went to, like, anime conventions or whatever, <laughs> and uh, ugh, it was painful to watch. But I got, the, I mean, I got the message, and that is... Wait, what are you referring to? It, it was, I'll send it to you. I think we had a thing about it, but there's seriously a commercial out there, and the guy said... A lot of people think that all I do is the military and that I live in a barracks, but no, I have a, well, I don't, I don't think this guy had a girlfriend, but, uh, he said that he spends his time going to like anime conventions and he makes <laughs> suits. I don't know, whatever it well, was. But the point is, is that's, that's the, they think that the, their brand is that people view the military as 24 seven because that's that's kind of the vibe. Like you know how you can just look and see somebody and think, oh, they're probably in the military. Well, uh, yeah, it's like a lot of people look like cops. But that fact that it you really do want to draw in people with every kind of talent. Yeah, and I think that's honestly one of the greatest things about the military is it brings like tons of people together um, from all different backgrounds, all different races, and you like are forced to interact with people that you're not probably used to interacting with. It's like you go to basic training, it's this blended amount of people that are all there for the same mission. And it like forces you to like interact with people that like, it's like the whole lunch table thing, right? Like if you're in yeah. school, athletes sit with athletes, nerds sit with nerds, band geeks sit with band geeks, beat geeks and et cetera. And then basic training is like, okay, here's a mix of 20 people. You guys have something you need to figure out and make it happen. 
and you're forced to do it. And I think it forces you to um, obviously be able to work with all different kinds of people and befriend all different kinds of people. And that's one of the best things about the military is nobody cares really about your background. They care about if you're going to be able to support and get the things done that need to be done. So I think the brand is like, you know, producing the high caliber officer that's needed, but it, it can, that, that high caliber officer can look and be all different kinds of people. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I, I, this maybe doesn't answer any kind of question, but if I were to give any perspective that we've kind of learned from FMBA and the stuff that we've done, not that it, I mean, this isn't just like a narcissism session, uh, where I just talk about how great we are or anything, but I mean, I've learned a lot from doing this. And I think one of the biggest things is that you have your brand is you're trying to convey a message, but that might that message might not be exactly what you're doing. It might be the direction that you want to go in. And so I think that that's kind of the point that I'm getting at is like this whole, oh, I can be anything. Yeah, you can be anything, but at the same time, chances are you're going to get in. And if you're not, you know, the fittest person, you're not going to go stow or crow. If you're not the smartest person, you're not going to go be a developmental engineer. Um, so there are going to be people. So I think that the important thing that the best thing that the Air Force can do is be transparent, be honest, and let the airmen, of which there are a lot um, in, in, in the United States, let them kind of be the disciples of the brand, if you will. If you're honest about the message and the experience that you're going to have when you're in the Air Force, then those people are going to get out and they're going to mentor younger people and say, you know what, it was a great experience for this reason. Or they might even say it was a bad experience for this reason. Uh, here's what I would have done differently, or maybe this is why you should or shouldn't enlist or go to OTS or go to ROTC or the Academy or whatever the case may be. And so I think that the way we can kind of translate that to our brand is that we have our goal, like our overreaching or our overarching goal is very, very simple. It's that we think that the Academy, um, I mean, this is not a knock on them, but we saw the way that we want to bring grads together and they weren't doing it. It's that simple. And so we kind of created this thing and the people who like it have hopped on and I think it's grown pretty organically. Now, in terms of the message that we want to put out, uh, that is not just like, Oh, we're going to do meetups. We do it through humor. And that's why we convey the message that we do is so that way we can kind of head in the direction that we want. And that is growing the, community getting people from every other class you know how are we going to get uh how are we going to get some of the older classes to be a part of this thing that's fun where we get to talk about the academy and if you're a graduate you get to maybe sit down and listen to our podcast for an hour and it kind of takes you back a little bit or it's current events where we're talking about something that's serious that's an important conversation like matt mooney and so those are just the different things that we do but at the end of the day, it is all just rooted in fun, and that's really the, the thing that we want to keep. I, I mean, I've said this, and I don't know if this is your sentiments, but the I remember the first day we talked about it. You brought the idea of it to me, and I said, I will do this as long as it's fun. And if tomorrow every single person decided, this is really stupid, you guys are corny, I hate this, then I would have no problem stopping, because then I'm not doing what we sought out to do. So that's why we don't force any... I mean... I don't think we force anything down anybody's throats. We the the stuff that we sell is stuff that we would legitimately wear. Whether I mean, and obviously, I'm not going to walk around town wearing a mess dress shirt. But is it a funny <laughs> shirt, you know, to wear to a football game, or is it something that'd be hilarious to wear to a reunion? Absolutely. 
And so, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's just kind of my, like, brain diarrhea of of what, what I think we're doing and what I think branding is. Yeah. We kind of, we morphed it from what's USAPA's brand into, like, what kind of officers should USAPA produce into what's FMBA's brand. So you got more than you paid for there, uh, whoever submitted that one. Yeah, precisely. All right. Up next, we have something that is kind of in the same vein of branding and marketing and networking and all that stuff. Uh, I will let you take the reins on this because I I hate Facebook so much and I kind of don't have one, but I can't delete it and I don't know any of my login stuff. So I think it's just this profile that's been stagnant since like 2014. I've been Um, seeing you post status updates like every hour. Have I? Is it uh, me offering like millions of dollars as long as you send money to Botswana? Yeah, and uh, I've been sending money and I've gotten no thank you, so. I'll talk to my finance guys about that. All right. <clears throat> so basically, um, I don't. I would assume some current cadets have gotten word of this and they've probably even gotten into the group, but there's been a usafa networking group on facebook that has started and it's kind of exploded i don't i would assume there's roughly six thousand people in the group now in about probably two weeks um so first off it kind of goes to show what we've talked about before where we're not not exactly getting the networking opportunities from the official channels that the academy provide that maybe people expect so good on people for kind of starting their own thing but it's kind of gotten out of hand in my opinion um it's a bunch of people who are invited to the group they accept the invitation and then they just post maybe a few sentences maybe for some people a few paragraphs explaining what they've done in their career and uh, what they what help they can offer other graduates or what they're seeking out like hey i'm interested in real estate does anyone do real estate in north dakota um hey i own a chick-fil-a does anyone want to know how to own a chick-fil-a and uh, hey does anyone know any people who are hiring for southwest and it's just kind of like gotten a little bit out of hand we posted something a few days ago i think last week kind of poking fun at it using all the stereotypical things that people were saying in it and then recently um the page was set fire when uh i don't want to butcher his name costa severus and i think I don't know what his call sign is. I don't know if Costa is his call sign or his first name, but a grad by the name of Costa Severus posted a absolutely, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like he's having a conversation with himself, kind of the way he, the way he used his grammar and punctuation here. And I'm just going to read through some of the things that he posted. Basically what, from what I got out of it, when I read it, it's like someone needs someone messed up giving that guy the internet <laughs> i think that's the kind of guy who needs like the www.creedthoughts.backslashcreedthoughts kind of thing and it's just a word document it, <laughs> yeah it is that is in his post was an exercise in lunacy but and it's a wild ride start it, to finish it is a wild ride and at the same time it's one of those things that it's like Sometimes in the world we live in now, without getting too political, it's like you almost need this sometimes just to test the waters and see where people are. And what ended up happening before I even read it is this post was like taken down by the administrator of the page. So he ends up posting a follow-up, and we'll get into that in a second. But 
here's kind of a quick synopsis. I'm not going to read every bullet he says. I'm going to censor a little bit of it because um, I know a lot of you guys like to listen to this with, with your kids in the car, I'm sure. So um, basically, it just says resume and then a colon and then a bunch of he just starts going through it. So academic probation, conduct probation, aptitude probation, <clears throat> drinking in the dorms, um, caught on both accounts, 200 plus tours, 200 confinements, told I'd never graduate by my AOC, no cons list, no dean's list, graduated in 85, UPT, watched groups, group staffers from USAFA wash out, watched wing staffers wash out too, T-38 FAPE, A-10 pilot. Uh, can, so we, can we stop real quick? Because I, I want to break it down kind of like piece by piece. The first thing is all that stuff, building that up, that's a thing that uh, I think grads have a tendency to do. But looking back, like, okay, the punchline to the story is that he ultimately ends up becoming, according to him, extremely successful. So great. The reason why I say it on here that I wasn't, that I was a fuzzy major and that I got restricted and stuff is because it's relevant to the story. It's, that is, to me, is not relevant, especially if it's a networking thing and it's mostly supposed to be for grads. Right. What is the point of that? It's like, <laughs> is he trying to get street cred? Because clearly, if you, if you're going to do all that, and I mean, like I said, just the punchline is he ends up being a Thunderbird pilot. They, it's a, and maybe it was a different time, but to be a Thunderbird pilot, you have to be conveying a message, going back to that whole brand thing that is extremely buttoned up. So I don't know if this guy's trying to say, I'm just a scumbag who like faked it or whatever, but it's just, I mean, that well, part's I, just I, over the top. I think the point is also being proven about the difference in today's today's Air Force maybe and, and the Air Force that he was in and what they were looking for okay. for those people. So I think that's kind of what he's getting at here. So to continue, basically, T-38 FAPE, A-10 pilot, short trip to Saudi Arabia, and then, then Brack hit under Clinton. Yusafa needed AOCs, exclamation point. Yes, exclamation point. Time to give back. Selected, exclamation point. Um, showed my cadets where we hid liquor, and the cubby hole was still there. My ski boots were still in storage after seven years, too. Then uh, Yusafa didn't like fighter pilot AOCs, and then in quotes, you guys are bad role models. He says, never rode a Form 10, never ate on the staff tower. And then in parentheses, non-rated ass kissers are up there. So basically like non-rated, only non-rated AOCs were eating on the staff tower. Uh, ate every day on the floor with my cadets. Did PFT with my cadets. Got my worst cadet UPT and he got an F-16. Um, left the academy in 94, got F-16s. Yada yada. Uh didn't want to go to staff, wait for it, smoke on, Yusafa Thunderbirds, 98 to 99 team, didn't want to go to staff, wait for it, aggressor pilot, uh, get this, blah, 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 retired in 2005 with 3,500 plus in fast movers, never set foot on staff, never set foot in the Pentagon, never general's aid, retired lieutenant colonel on time, then he just goes on to say, captain in a major airline, and then he gets into some of his personal stuff, so just that stuff being said... Yeah. Just that stuff being said, it does sound like if he was your AOC, it sounds like that was a pretty awesome time. Like in the realm of AOCs, if you could imagine who you could have as your AOC, sounds like you would want him to be your AOC. But it's at the same time, it's one of those things where like if somebody's smart, they're not going to tell you they're smart. If somebody's cool, they're not going to tell you they're cool. He has huge vibes that he was the guy who was like, <laughs> I'm not going to write you a Form 10, but you're going to like 
come wash and wax my car this weekend is like creative punishment <laughs> because it's just like in this and he acts like he's the guy who's saying like screw you to every uh to every like general and stuff you don't make it to lieutenant colonel doing that i mean i don't i mean as far as i know as far like i don't care how well you fly like that is ridiculous and the whole like they hate fighter pilots thing i can't imagine what did he say what year he graduated 85 Okay, 85. Uh, I don't know. I guess if it was in the 90s, I was going to say. But, like, I mean, Robin Olds was literally a commandant. So I don't know if the times changed, that kind of thing. But It was probably it, right, it, when, <laughs> right when, like, it was, Air Force was shifting a little bit. Probably around, like, early 90s. I mean, maybe. But it's just... <laughs> what a what a ridiculous human being. And, and it's just, like... I don't know. That's... I think that's also not even the worst part. And the whole like bragging about like, oh, I never, I never had to go on staff. Like, what is that? I don't know what that, like, what does that mean in terms of so how you are? Does that mean you just like played the game, beat the system? Like, what is he saying? Well, the whole in in like the flying world, it's like nobody wants to get stuck behind a desk, right? They want to keep flying. And the big stigma is you're gonna get stuck behind a desk once you know after a little while typically like once you hit major you're you're not done flying but you're gonna get a staff job that's that most people are not in favor of so he's basically saying he got to do all of his cool stuff and at no at no point was he ever like a general's aide or working in the pentagon so all his assignments yeah were, aside from aoc were flying related and he was flying fighter type aircraft of some sort yeah i get that but i'm saying like what is i guess maybe so he's just bragging then because i was gonna say i don't know what what the roundabout thing is is saying is he saying like i was uh, here's how much of a scumbag i was they never even wanted me behind a desk but still i had the most badass career i i don't know and you know what's uh, funny that's so just me thinking now is like if we flipped all this and this was his best this was him writing about his best friend it would be like oh that guy sounds awesome you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, but you are kind of right. It's like the coolest kid in school doesn't really have to say that he's cool. Like, it's just known. Yeah. But um, I mean, okay, so that's not like, even the that's not even the best part yet. So go on to the the creme de la creme of this entire post. <laughs> Should I just keep it keep it raw and just say exactly what he said? It's not. It's not like. Um. Explicit. Yeah. At risk of losing our uh, clean podcast tag, yes, go ahead. (laughs) He says, okay, so he's a captain at a major airline, 15,000 plus hours, 34th year of straight flying, hot wife, and then in parentheses, her ass can crack walnuts, exclamation point. (laughs) Two kids, three grandkids, made $436,000 last year, exclamation point. No shit. Nice house, model citizen, Greek cook, speak fluent Greek, make a great baklava, role model Robin Olds. And then he tags the end of it saying, moral of the story, the warriors of your classes are likely mostly um, derelicts. In my class, two just pinned on their fourth, fourth stars. The other three are lieutenant generals and fighter pilots too. One is your USAPA superintendent. 85 rules. I've had a ball. Get over yourselves. Post some fun stuff. If you're ever in Phoenix, a fine scotch and cigar awaits any grad. Come stay with us. We'll swim naked in our pool. The end. 
All right, so a lot, a lot to unpack here. So, first of all, going back to all of his brags, this is Derek from Step Brothers. If you haven't met him, uh, the <laughs> the brother who brags. What did he say? He's like, I, I smell, made I smell a last meme. Year. I smell a meme. I start on here. Yeah, it's literally him. Him just telling you all about that stuff. Like, okay, dude, awesome, great, and then. But the three things that stick out, if you read them kind of sequentially, is the bragging about his hot wife, and then saying, talking about him having grandkids, and then him luring grads into his house in Arizona (laughs) to go skinny dipping in pool. And I would imagine after that, get turned into a human skin suit, based on how neurotic this guy sounds. So... I don't know. Like, I like how he goes from kid, his wife to kids to grandkids to salary to saying he speaks fluent Greek and makes great baklava. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, let's war, see Is that his order so, of precedence there? Hot wife, kids, money, and then he's just a big Greek guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, make a mean, a mean lamb gyro. Uh, so let's see. He was probably, what, 22 when he graduated in 1985. Born in 63... So that puts him at... He's 56. 56, okay. So, first of all, my skin crawled when he talked about his hot wife, who's... Maybe she's 25. I don't know. It sounds like this guy, he's got it all figured out. He's making... Uh, he owns the biggest helicopter leasing company on the on the West Coast. But uh, I'm assuming he has a wife in her mid-50s who's supposedly her asking crack walnuts, which is also, why? how would you learn that? Did he go to the store and just buy a bunch of walnuts and be like, I cannot for the life of me find my nutcracker. Can or, I use your butt cheeks? Or have you, maybe it's not like literal her butt cheeks. Like maybe she just like, oh yeah, her asking crack, crack walnuts. <laughs> like like he's not, he's just referring to, it's like when you say to it, like, you know, get your ass over here. You know what I mean? It's not like it's like yeah. a whole person. So maybe like she as a person is just good at cracking walnuts. Like her ass can crack Well walnuts. see, no, what I was what I was thinking is that she just like does a people's elbow. They have, <laughs> I picture them having a loft that overlooks their living room. <laughs> he just puts a bunch of walnuts on the ground and she does like a people's elbow under the walnuts and her ass just cracks them. But the thing um, is like this Can is you imagine of... sitting down with this guy? He I feel like he would talk I'd be for exhausted hours non-stop about himself I would be that's the other thing it's just like the sheer narcissism of it and what was i mean i don't know what was it was it supposed to be an inspirational post i think people get uh, people know that people know that there's uh, there's generals and there's uh astronauts and there's athletes from every walk of life and every kind of cadet that you could ever imagine who end up being successful so yeah there's people from every single walk of life who you know, achieve that. I think people know that. So I think it was just a huge bragging thing. And once again, something that probably should have been uh, better saved for a diary. I mean, than it's, anything else. it's just, we've all seen parents or grandparents not really knowing social media decorum, maybe. And yeah. <laughs> I could only imagine, like, he gets invited to this thing. There's 6,000 USAFA grads just staring at their screens reading through everything and it's like look at this audience that i have and he he took a shot and it it got like i never actually saw but based off of his basically uh 
saying that the administrator forced him to delete it. Um, it had like over a thousand likes and crazy amount of comments and stuff. Yeah, well, I would I would kind of assume that it's. I mean, it's got to be like a solid eighty percent of uh, the people were like just kind of laughing at it, like that's hilarious. And then, but what's terrifying is that there's probably a good twenty percent who are like, "This guy is a legend." No, if that's what you aspire to be, uh, the guy's a clown. So, and it's one of those things where I I just get the feeling that he he also probably he said he's got the grandkids and his wife and all that stuff. I bet he spends. Uh, an inordinate amount of time not with friends and not people that he can just kind of do um you know just like shoot the breeze with and so i think he's in desperate need of like a golf trip with his buddies or he needs to join a country club or something where he can just like rip farts and tell terrible stories because the guy is an enigma (laughs) i have never seen anything quite like that in my entire life well it makes for great content so if he wants to come on the podcast, honestly, that would be electric. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, I mean, people say all the time, and I think about this, like, oh, you're you're only saying this because he's not in the room with you. No, I would, I would, I would say everything that I'm saying right now to his face, but also I would humor him and let him degrade me. <laughs> I would let him say. How much money did you make last year? I bet you it wasn't $435,000. And I'd be like, no, you're right. Teach me. Because I just got to gotta hear like what yeah. his whole thing is. So, uh, yeah, that's hysterical. If, there's, if he's going on, once again, if he's going on and that's like his outlet, he doesn't have Instagram. And please, no one tell him about Instagram oh, because Instagram. I can only I'm imagine the DMs he would. Yeah. Does he? I can only imagine the DMs he potentially dropped. Does he know. follow us? Uh, I can check. I <laughs> part of me wants him to. Part of me is terrified of him. So, uh, so that was that was like the wild thing that happened on social media, and uh, we've gotten some funny feedback from people's thoughts on that. Uh, the last thing that we got DM'd that someone wanted us to talk about was clubs, and so I said if it was a serious thing that you wanted us to talk about. Uh, I would talk about it, but I don't really know what to say about clubs. Uh, the only clubs I can really think about, and I don't know if he's talking about clubs in the springs, like Cowboys and Blondies Ooh. and stuff, but uh, they're all fine. But if he's talking about cadet clubs, uh, I don't know. Rugby, women's lacrosse, softball, Ooh, uh, hockey. Have you ever seen the uh, cross-country really... skiing club, and when there's no sl- no snow, they just have these like really long rollerblades? <laughs> That's that. That yes. always looked kind of fun. That's, that's that a good one, one little hill down by the track. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. So um, I don't know. I think that I think clubs are a good thing. I think people should join them if you have a talent <laughs> or if a, you have something that you want to do. Sorry, make your is, I just have to say something real quick. So What's this up? is uh, very uneducated <coughs> of me, um, but <laughs> I'm gonna expose myself big time here. But it's it's a good laugh. Um, you know the Pacific Rim Club? Mm, yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah. So do you know what the Pacific Rim is? Yeah, it's like uh, all the islands, like American Samoa, I think maybe, what's it called? Um, I think Hawaii fits into it, all those kinds of places. Yeah, and I legitimately thought the first time I heard it, it was like a club that just loved the, rim, the movie Pacific Rim. 
Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> With the big robots. It probably got terrible reviews. Yeah. I was like, damn, like I didn't know people were I, I know that I figured there'd be like a Star Wars club, and I didn't know Pacific Rim was, you know, that big of a, a blockbuster. The yeah. other one I always thought was kind of and again, stick with me here, because obviously human trafficking is like one of the worst things in the world. And surprisingly, from the, like the research that you see, Colorado Springs, for whatever reason, tends to be like kind of a hotbed for it, I, which is kind of weird to me. But um, I always thought it was kind of funny that we named it like the anti-human trafficking club. You know what I mean? Because club always, to me, sounds it's like the chess club or the uh, women's lacrosse club. It's like an activity that you go and do together. And I was always curious, like, what is the anti-human trafficking club? What are they accomplishing? Like, obviously, they're trying to eliminate human trafficking, which is a very noble cause. But it was just kind of funny in my mind to call it a club and maybe not like a, I don't know, what would be a better word for that? Uh, Like the human rights club, I think would be a little bit better. Is that a thing, too? No, I'm just saying I but think again, that would be like, why is that a club? Like, should, That's like a movement, maybe. But like to call it a club, like, you don't, you know... I don't know. Whatever. I don't know either. I don't want to step on anybody's toes because I'm sure they do good stuff. But uh, that's that's why I'm tiptoeing. Yeah, big time. I support their cause. It was just kind of sounded funny to call it a club when you typically think of clubs as like chess club or just something uh, fun like that people said, get to do. Yeah, something fun, <laughs> like take some stress off. Yeah. Um. So there you go. We talked about clubs a little bit. Uh, so the last thing we'll do a quick soups list because we're getting towards the end of our podcast here. Uh, wanted to do, we got ring dance coming up in about a month and a half. So if you don't have your date, might want to consider that because it's going to come up and approach really fast. So, uh, I wanted to do a soups list of ring dance dates that you can bring. Um, you go first. All right. My first option is one of your friend's dates friend so it's a very easy way to go about doing this your friend is bringing a girl especially if they're like you know coming in from out of state or something it, it's kind of a win-win for everybody you're going with a girl that you've never met true but she all automatically has a friend there so you don't really feel like you have to entertain her the friend is probably happy because she has somebody to travel with from out of state it's kind of like a fun little adventure. They're going to go to ring dance and then have a fun weekend in the mountains. And then you, there's always potential that something more can blossom there, but there's no pressure because it's just like, hey, it's just one-time thing. We're just going to have fun, uh, be my date. And then uh, if you guys aren't clicking, then she already has her friend there and you don't feel like you need to you know, entertain her for the whole weekend. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, my first one is going to be a celebrity and the reason why a celebrity is good is because it's the classic thing. It never works out. There's always a few YouTube videos. But what I think about celebrities is I feel like no one ever thinks about what the full spectrum of what's going to actually happen. No one thinks past, oh, what if uh, Taylor Swift or Kim Kardashian or Cardi B says yes? What happens then? So you take them to ring dance and you're just like, because I've seen people and what they say in their kind of pleas is, Come hang out with me and my friends in a remote cabin in the Rocky Mountains. And I gotta tell you, it's not gonna happen. I've been to multiple ring dance houses. I know the sleeping situation. Somebody who's used to being driven around in Bentleys and flying private jets is not gonna come hang out and drink 
kegged PBR with you and your buddies. Um, <laughs> so just once, I, I we've had some. There have been a few celebrities there uh, who were maybe. Who? Um, there was. See, I, I don't want to say because I don't want to put them on blast. Uh, but there was well, one. The, uh... There was an actress who went one year, and, uh, and but I think they were actually friends. So I don't know. I know but... who you're talking about. I don't think that was ring dance. But anyway. all right, well, whatever. To an Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It's like what? Like okay, you're gonna let's hypothetically shoot for the moon here and say Taylor Swift says yes. She shows up. You're gonna be super nervous. You're going to be, like, so rattled about it. There's going to be probably press everywhere, I would imagine, especially from, like, the Academy, because they're trying to get their, their um, whatever, their their media for the day. And it's just going to be way too much pressure. She'll go with you to the dance. She'll give you, like, one little dance, maybe a little peck on the cheek, and then she's going to leave because she is extremely busy. And then... Yeah, I guess it'd be cool to get a picture or whatever and say you did it, but it's just like I don't know. I I don't I don't really get the the incentive there. Yeah. Um, or is it me? Uh, no, it's me. Okay, it's you. Um, my next one is a girl that you knew from high school. So it could be like you could have been previously dating. Maybe it's just a, a random girl there that you still keep in touch with, but. Again, I think it's just good to have, like, some prior connection to the person so it's just not, like, a completely awkward weekend. This is assuming that you're bringing somebody that you're not, like, actively dating. So, if it's especially if it's, like, a girl from high school that you, you were chill with, kind of fun for them. If you fly them out, really no skin off their back, and they get to get dressed up, and you can have fun. And Again, there's potential. Something could blossom. But if it doesn't, not a big deal. You just kind of go back to being friends. Yeah, I always think that's, uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's just like a little reunion. I was going to say maybe it's, it's just something too where if, I don't know. I think that I, I, I'm trying to come up with something that's like a little sarcastic about it, and uh, but I can't. I think that's actually a very nice sentiment. So good job on that one. Um, Thanks. I, my next one is going to be going solo. And I think that that's a strong move because you can go there and do what you were meant to do. And that's get your ring and then go into the mountains and get hammered with your buddies. You don't have to. I, the one thing I will say about ring dance weekends is that it tends to be a time when there are a lot of fights and a lot of breakups and stuff like that. I always hear about that. Oh, so-and-so got mad because, um, I don't know, I threw up in the bed or something. And, I mean, clearly they're not following 0013, so maybe that's a problem. But uh, that is why I think solo is good. You're free and I wish that problems. was more socially acceptable. I yeah. think the problem is people, I mean, it's just like anything. You feel forced to bring a date. And a lot of people end up bringing a date. Like, they probably would rather just not even be around. And that is like, like and if, I could, if it was just more socially acceptable for me to just go and get the ring and eat some food and then get um, be very responsible with my drinking, then I think it would be more fun for a lot of people. Yeah. What's right, your next one? Mine? Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, posted a meme about this recently as well, but it's like a classic Tinder date. And ideally, you meet the person before they come to ring dance. But 
you know, you're three weeks, four weeks out, maybe even right now you're getting a little desperate. You can't, beggars can't be choosers. So you get on your social, your, your dating app and you just swipe right until, until your eyes bleed. And then you pretty much deal with what you can from there. Yeah. So my roommate, um, was on the late train to getting a date and he went the Tinder route and his date showed up during the middle of ring dance. Like everyone was seated and she literally walked in. And so they, they went around and asked the question, who's known each other the shortest? And <laughs> Wait, is that the first based... time you met her? Yeah, was that ring dance. Holy, that is awesome. Yeah. So I think is there any awesome relation date. there? Like, did she know anybody? Or was she literally... No, was she literally not even close. Up? Just strictly tender. She was from the... That's I don't think she was from the Springs. Story. I think she was either working or went to college in the Springs. And yeah, you just brought her. So uh, literally... Like, the first time he saw her, she was in her dress walking into Mitchell Hall. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. And my last one is a younger or older cadet. And I understand that this isn't, um, I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't think it's weird. But it is funny, the looks that those people will get. Because I think everybody's kind of initial impulse is like, is that allowed? <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yeah. are you are you sure they're allowed to be here? I guess it's le- it's less like that if it's a sophomore or something. But I don't think you can bring freshmen. I think you can. I don't know if you can bring uh, lieutenants or whatever the rule is. But that's just always a funny thing uh, whenever you see that or somebody who's about to graduate. It's like I don't, I don't know. So <laughs> I I just area. like that for me for for people watching is to watch that and there's got to be a little bit of discomfort. Yeah, I agree with that one. All right, well, we are getting dangerously close to an hour here, so let's do minutes really quick, and you are always the best at those, so hit us. Am I? You're too good to me. Um, FastNeatBelowAverage.com, FastNeatBelowAVG.com. Get all your FNBA gear. There's a lot of good stuff for summer, so go grab it. There's stuff for babies. There's stuff for men, women, children, beer drinkers, there's a little bit of everything. Check it out. Yeah. That is good. Um, cool. Well, that's basically all we got for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. A lot to talk about. Keep it coming. And you know what? If you guys keep this stuff coming, I think it's a little bit more interesting. We don't have to come up with topics on our own. And uh, it'll help us get through these times without Falcon football. And as we dangerously approach the time with no Falcon sports at all, uh, it's, it's really good stuff. So... Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit. You have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just where you got to compete. Welcome to Thin Air.